here, the here let me give you a great quote based on that and see if you can guess who it is. Whoa. <laughs> Reeves of Keanu. Right. <laughs> Kaboom. <laughs> yes, we Canada. No. You know, now that I know that that's Keanu, I may have to watch Toy Story 4 again. Oh, God. Just so I can enjoy. <laughs> Just watch his 20 minutes. It is minutes, so much yeah. more enjoyable knowing it's him. My favorite, is, is though, it? is that character, how I know how he holds, because action figures have that hand the, grip. The Lego and hand. And everything oh, yeah. is, is yeah, that. Yeah, it's always and this. And I thought that was awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> and he's got, he's got so many joints in his arms. Yeah. There's like way more than he needs. It's called a MacGuffin Report. Movies, TV. American culture. You in? From LA, the MacGuffin Report. Produced by Inclusive Media. So, uh, Umbrella Academy, developed by Steve Blackman and Jeremy Slater from a Dark Horse comics created by Gerard Way and Gabriel Ba. The ensemble cast includes Ellen Page, Tom Hopper, David Castaneda, Emmy Raver. Lampman, Robert Sheehan, Aidan Gallagher, Cameron Britton, and Mary J. Blige. Based on a comic book, um, because what isn't these days, the story revolves around a family of adopted <laughs> kids who, while growing up in their teens, were part of a superhero group called the Umbrella Academy. Long since disbanded, they get back together for their adopted father's funeral. Originally optioned as a feature film, it eventually was turned into a Netflix series. This review is of the first two episodes. Oz? Well, geez, I thought this was terrible, guys. <laughs> really, this was bad. I this mean, is your Roma? Yeah, uh, yeah, this was bad. I mean, I mean, okay, so it's based on a comic book, right? The comic book is by Dark Horse. Now, I'm not going to do the whole history of Dark Horse like I did Marvel and DC in past episodes. But basically, they're more or less the number three or four in comic title of all times. But, you know, again, it's so hard to do a, a superhero series in the comic books because everybody wants to compare it to the Justice League or the Avengers, mm-hmm. you know? it's The precedent is so set, and it's just like... And, and this TV show, that, that there's this gloomy look, but yet... You know, I don't know. Again, like, where's that brightness? You know, again, because mm-hmm. some of this stuff is kind of silly, dudes. Come on, let's lighten up a little bit. Come on, it's drama. It's 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 comic books. You know, let's loosen up a little bit. Um, I I wanted to to do some represent here, um, because I was bothered by this. They say that Vanya has no superpowers, but then they say she wrote a tell-all book. Well, dude, that's her superpower: writing. Come on, man, represent the writers, man. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see. Oh, yes. And I also wanted to say that, look, nobody, I don't care what age you were at the time, is going to rock out to Tiffany, I think we're alone now. Okay? Nobody. <laughs> you know who liked that song in the 80s? Your parents. Because they remembered the, the original version of the song in the 50s or whatever. That's, oh, my God, that was so silly. <laughs> what a great song to jam out to. The other thing I wanted to say is this. I really wanted to give props to the uh, whoever did the storyboards on this show. I mean, I, 90% of this thing, it's one actor on camera and a body double. You know, I, there was never any interplay between these characters, mm-hmm. you know. It was just like, wow. And so, of course, the relationship seemed stilted. And, and, you know, so did the dialogue. I mean, it was really disappointing. It, it seemed interesting, but... I couldn't stick with. Rachel, what did you think? I heard so many great things about it. Yeah, there was something that kept putting me off from watching it even before we decided to watch this together. Well, not together, but, you know, separately together. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. There was something about the way that they, it was marketed. I don't know. I didn't even watch any trailers or anything, but just I saw, you know, I saw some images, some promo uh promo images and promo photos from it and I was just like I can tell for some reason that this is not for me mm-hmm. um, even though I have some peers that were raving about it and they're like this is the best thing on Netflix recently wow. and these are people that work in entertainment too so I was mm. like wow those are really high and I have to I have to preface too like this um, one of the uh, co-creators of Umbrella Academy is Gerard Way who is in My Chemical Romance he's the front man he was the front man and I was the biggest fan in high school. Hmm. I didn't. Get, I didn't have the look or anything because my mom wouldn't <laughs> let me go emo. God bless her. Um, <laughs> but you know, I, I. The album came out two days before my birthday. She went out and bought it, and the day she picked me up from school, she had it in the car. Um, she took me to a My Chemical Romance secret show that they were playing out wow. in L.A. Uh, at the Avalon on a Thursday night on a school night. 
her and my dad drove me out there and they they were like we'll drop you off and go get dinner Mm -hmm. they ended up getting wristbands because you know they were just like letting everybody in so they saw my chemical romance with me and my mom became a fan after that so i was like you know it's gerard way like He's going to be, it's going to be awesome. Or like, I want it to be awesome anyways. Um, That unfortunately was not so. (laughs) So I'm, I'm bummed as a My Chem fan, but you know, this is independent of music. Just because you can write a great rock opera doesn't mean you can um, help develop a great TV series on Netflix. (laughs) So, and I've read a little bit of the source material. I think the, the, the comic book itself, it's available online, is a little bit, uh, it goes down easier, but again, it's just, you know, there's something about the Netflix adaptation that just is was very off-putting to me. I think part of it was the uh, vulnerability that was lacking. I mean, they had a lot of... Vanya was the only one that was like this... Vanya was the sob story, but every other character just like didn't have that vulnerability, didn't have that likability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they that, didn't have the likability was the thing. Yeah, yeah I was just like, I, I don't want to root for any of them. This was basically, you know, with Ellen Page as Vanya, this is basically shitty X-Men with shitty Professor X. Yeah, there you go. There mm-hmm. you go. Right? Cool. Like, Good it call. even had the same, uh, like, the same kind of lighting and the same tone as the first X-Men, the Fox X-Men. There was something about it where they were trying to, like, capture that again, but with, like, kind of like a quirky Wes Anderson, oh, look, there's lots of uh, animal heads on the wall sort of mm, thing. Yeah. Overall, interesting premise, unfortunately predictable and very weak writing. How many moments I could count? I watched a few episodes because I wanted to change my mind about the pilot. <laughs> How many times they're like, I didn't think you would come, or we're running out of time, when it's like they're clearly not running out of time. There's like seven more episodes to go, and nobody has their, you know, they should be lighting their asses on fire with the world coming to yeah. an yeah. end, right? They're slow pacing. It was kind of what, like what we were talking about, the binge TV culture, where yeah. nothing happens in each episode. Yeah. Nothing is happening. And I don't care about any of these characters, so that doesn't help. Mm-hmm. Um, the they tell Five tells Vanya that the world is coming to an end in like a week or something, and the stakes don't get any higher. They're too worried about squeezing as many episodes out as possible. Um, there are these flashy musical numbers, like the one you were just talking about, kind of like Baby Driver, but, you know, it just it started out fun, but then I got tired of it, or they didn't get better. They just got worse. <laughs> you know, I feel like most of these di- actors have the chops. Maybe it was poor direction. I'm not really sure. But, yeah, the likability of the characters just wasn't there. I, I, I'm kind of like, it was uninteresting, not very human, not very likable, and I'm I'm kind of leaning towards like the the possibility that you know they were just told to do takes this way, and this is what was used. Um, because I've seen Ellen Page's work before; she can be very likable, like in Inception. And uh, something that I wasn't made aware of, but something that I understood through the comics was that they're named, they're given, a, they're assigned numbers yeah. as names in importance right. of their superpower. In right. Yeah. Right, so, right. which is why Vanya right. is seven. Right. Let's see. But, but, but see, I was wondering this because it, it struck me, I haven't read the, the comic book, but it struck me as, yeah, this is a comic book. Mm-hmm. And again, they're trying to do, you know, we, we, we saw this with uh, the house on Beale Street. They're trying to do something that doesn't really translate so well. It doesn't, you yeah. Know, from comics to the movies, or at least not like this. You know, they could have taken the Marvel approach and just made a different movie. Yeah. You know, don't make a superhero movie. You yeah. Know, make Harry Potter. You know, do that one. Um, they could have. They could have. That's what it felt like to me. Is that like they tried to stick two sources material and it just didn't translate. Yeah, it's it's a missed yeah. opportunity. It's very yeah. unfortunate because yeah. it's not like the premise is not interesting. Well, but there's way too much tell don't show. Yeah. You know, this there was no reason for them in the very first episode to spell out he kept seven of them. There there was no reason for that. There there's there's no reason for it. The, the it lost me very early in when Mary Bilge, she's supposed to be this very Mary J. Uh, Blige. Blige, I'm sorry. This, she's supposed to be this very charismatic character. And so these photographers are taking their picture and then one of them yells out, You're perfect. What? Who does that? <laughs> That's the only reason why you're doing that is to like hammer home the fact that she's, you know, supposed to be, you know, charismatic and she has all these pheromones or whatever. Don't so show it. Don't say it like mm-hmm. that. It's so dumb. Mary J. Blige was the uh, assassin. She's, she's one of the assassins with the cartoon head. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The the the, char- the charisma girl. Who, yes, whoever yeah. that was. Yeah. Whoever that was. 
I thought that this is a victim to um, you need you need recognizable actors. Uh, I didn't know anyone on there except Ellen Page and Mary J. Blige. Uh, Ellen, her problem that I think some of you might disagree with is she's too much of an activist now, and to me it affects me watching her. Mm, and I think um, a lot of people they dismiss that as like, oh no, you got us. No, no, no. It's the actor's responsibility to uh, make us like them. And so when you're an activist, and so whether you agree with her or not, it, it, that's apart from it. But when you, if you're going to be an activist, be an activist. But if, as an actor, it's hard to, for me watching you, it's very difficult to separate the two. Unless you're a f- super phenomenal performer, which I don't think Ellen's quite there yet. Beyond, after Ellen, I don't know any of these people. And then the characters, like you're saying, Rachel, no one's likable. I don't care what happens. The world's going to end. Who cares? You guys don't care. That's I don't fine. care. <laughs> yeah. yeah like, your don't world care. could end. I yeah. I, yeah, yeah I don't care. <laughs> Um, but I, there is no likability. There's no vulnerability. There's just nothing there for me to hold on to. Like, if I can root for one of the seven, great. Like, even the actress one, where you, I kind of felt sorry for her because she's an actress, a celebrity, but then I didn't. No. It's like, yeah, yeah. You, they didn't push things. The, you guys have, I think it was like 12 episodes. You have 12 episodes to drive home all their characters, and they did none of that. And so, um, but I really do believe that you do need recognizable actors. And maybe this is Netflix's own experiment to see, hey, let's see if this works with one recognizable actress and all unknowns. Let's just see if this works. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. Th- th- they're trying to follow the spelling formula. But the thing with Aaron Spelling is he got all attractive boys and girls. And that's why it worked. Uh, even though you didn't know who they were. These guys, none, they're not, they're not, I don't know. They're not really attractive. Like, you know, it's, it's just kind of like, they're just there. Um, but there's a second season coming out. Yeah. And so, yeah. so you know what? That, it goes to show what we know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what do we know? Yeah. What on the streaming platform can you recommend to everyone and know they won't hate it? I'm going to say Justified. I know, Oz, you, you had you know issues, well, not issues with it, but, but, but I think Justified is one. Um, the shows that I love, I don't know that people will like, like other than uh, Justified. I think Sons of the Anarchy, if you can stomach the violence is really good and then everybody loves Raymond I think that's a show that everyone can enjoy and watch what platforms um, everybody loves Raymond is on I believe on all access CBS it's also on um, Amazon you can pay for it. Justified is on Amazon Sons of Anarchy is on Amazon as well and there, there if you have Amazon Prime you can watch Sons and Justified for free uh, everybody loves Raymond oh. you have to pay for but on CBS all access I believe it's free I'm gonna go with The Office um, and that's on Netflix because let's face it here most of us spend about 10 minutes trying to find something on Netflix, and we end up watching The Office. So we're all just paying for an Office subscription. I watch Star Trek. I know. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I know that's like a, that's a common meme, but that's because it's true. Mm-hmm. So I, I, feel, I feel pretty comfortable recommending The Office. I know there are some friends that get back to me, and they're like, it's too awkward. And I'm like, I know. Sit through season one. It gets a little, you get used to the characters, but like, it's so funny though. It's so funny. Steve Carell is a genius. So that's kind of my that's kind of my pick. It's so rewatchable, and with that, I feel like it's 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 very palatable for all people. Now, rewatchability is a big one. Yes. Um, I oh oh wait. Here's a key question though: uh, American and or British? Ah. Um, I'm going to go with American. I have seen, uh, I think, half of the British office, and there's actually only 12 episodes. There's only 12 episodes. Yeah, there was this article that came out. David Cameron had actually lobbied for Tina Fey to try to convince British television that they should make like more longer seasons because they 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 have shows that last for one or two seasons at most or series, as they say. And he's like, why can't we do the American model? And she was she turned it down, but they then they go into discussing like you know, Faulty Towers remarkably short. Yeah, um, The Office very short. Well, that's been the model forever, and you know it's because they believe <gasps> that there should be an ending. Yeah, you know they believe that sometimes uh, too much is enough. Yeah, <laughs> you know uh, they've done that forever. Uh, not always. I mean, you know, Doctor Doctor Who Who's famously an, has been on for fifty-five years across various media, on and off. Yeah, yeah. exactly. There Radio, are others, Coronation Street. Yeah, you know, they're famous. Uh, they're famous, long-running shows. Um, on that subject, actually, uh, I just wanted to say that this is a very bad question for me on either end <laughs> because I hate everything unless it has. Star Trek in the title, unless it's connected with Seinfeld somehow, <laughs> or it's from BBC. So let's talk about BBC. Uh, this is the one recommendation I make that usually uh, sticks. BBC Sherlock. Um, I love that. 
Yeah, they only did 14 episodes, but each one is about an hour and a half long. So you can really like sink your teeth into mm-hmm. it. You can even break it halfway through it. It has these nice natural beats every episode. It, it, so it's kind of like, it, it, it's like a movie almost. These, mm-hmm. these episodes are almost like a movie. Mm-hmm. The first one, the first episode, not so much, but all the other ones are. They have the classic kind of like movie storytelling structure. Yeah. Um, the actors, of course. Uh, so... Who is this? Bilbo Baggins and Doctor Strange. Benedict Cumberbatch, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are the main characters. I mean, and, um, these two guys, oh um, this was their series. I mean, you know, uh, here's Martin Freeman. Martin com- Freeman, yes. Coming off The Office, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. about to head into um, the Lord of the Rings trap and mm-hmm. a bit role in Black Panther. Yeah. Uh, here's Benedict Cumberbatch. He's on the way to becoming Doctor Strange. He's in Lord of the Rings as, a, uh, as, as the, the Hobbits, as a voiceover guy. Um just catching the apex of their career. And these guys are superstars, I think. International superstars. Yeah, I mean, they're these, very talented. They're both brilliant. Uh, everything Martin Freeman is is awesome. You know, his comedy movies with Simon Pegg and all that stuff. It's great. Hitchhikers. Sure. Yeah, yeah. I didn't like it as much as the books, obviously. But the books are like the funniest stuff ever written in English, <laughs> I think. It's really good stuff. But anyway, uh, no digressions. I, I say this one. Uh, you know, again, it's only 13 episodes. Uh, they released it from 2010 to 2017 at various points. Uh, the last few are a little wonky. They're kind I, of, I really didn't like those last yeah, ones. Yeah, they're kind of falling into the trap that many franchises like Batman in the 90s did <laughs> and Lethal Weapon did where... All of a sudden, from out of nowhere, you create this narrative where, oh, yes, all the people around us are one big family. And so, you know, Sherlock didn't really need to go down that route. Uh, It's a fascinating look because like Batman, Superman, we talk about these guys a lot. Sherlock is an iconic character. And Mm -hmm. this adaptation shows what you can do with an iconic character. You can take him, you can put him into the 21st century. You know, you can play down the drug stuff a little bit. But he's still a sociopath. Yeah. The main complaint about this Sherlock series is that is whatever is, you know, canon in the uh, Arthur Conan Doyle universe, but people haven't read it. Right. So they don't know that, you know, they're they're sticking, they're, they're, you know, paying homage to it. Right. But by the same token, here's the thing. I never thought it would work because, Mm -hmm. okay, for example, the famous one is Hound of the Baskervilles. Yeah. Yeah. How do you do that? How do you keep the murderer, the, 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 the criminal the same, Mm -hmm. right? The answer is you don't, you tweak it, right? You, You can still use that. They, they turned it into like what a science a government project, but but they were able to do that. Yeah, Why? They because it off. Holmes was this character and Watson is this character, and the police commit the long suffering police commissioner is this character, you know, and those are iconic characters that stick, you know, and and that's what's great about this series. And plus, it's really witty. Uh, some of the techniques by Stephen Moffat, who is later a guy that uh, ran Doctor Who for about six years, mm-hmm. um, he's doing stuff like. He he totally has this revolutionary way of showing SMS messages. Yeah, you know, on the screen, which yeah. is totally now like half the stuff on BBC does this. Yeah, that's the way to do it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's worth it for this as well. Just really innovative kind of TV making. Uh, I'd say the first eleven out of fourteen are five stars. So yeah, I'll go BBC Sherlock is available on Guess Where Amazon Prime. Toy Story 4. After the ousting of John Lasseter at Disney, the fourth installment of the Toy Story franchise has been released to big box office numbers. Does this Toy Story, the first without Lasseter, hold up to the other three in the franchise, or can you see the difference without Lasseter's touch? Oh, you want me to start? (laughs) Oh, boy. Okay, folks. Talk about a movie that didn't need to be made. (laughs) Oh, my God. This thing was tedious. Um, I just I, w- I wanted to say two things, and it had Keanu Reeves in it. I wanted, I wanted to say, uh, you know, he might be in it somewhere. He is. Oh, he is. Yeah. Oh, I didn't see him. He's the Canadian evil Knievel. Kaboom. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he's the evil Knievel. Dude, when he goes whoa, his last line in the movie is whoa. I just thought <laughs> that's his signature line. Uh, uh, right? To be honest with you, when he, when he said that, I was like. What does that sound? Like? Yeah, exactly. That's, that's all exactly. I was exactly. Yeah. There you go, dude. It's the meme whoa. Okay, so. <laughs> But in any case, I, just, I wanted to say this about this film. Okay, it, it, it was a very bad film, but I, I wanted to talk about films in general. Um, I have basically one rule for fantastical movies, and that is this. 
Okay, you establish your rules and then you play by your own rules, mm-hmm. right? You want to see crouching tiger, hidden dragon. You want to see people running on trees. Okay, that's fine. Just stick to your rules, yes. okay? Science fiction, very important, okay? Also in this movie. Here's the other thing. Here's how you make a bad cartoon movie. You make a cartoon movie that's for the adults, mm-hmm. okay? You don't do that, all right? Now, in this one... They kind of avoided that second one pretty well. Although I went to go see this thing in Cypress, California, and there was about 13 people there, and there was three kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, so a lot of Generation X people who saw the first one and I loved it, da 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 da, and blah blah. It's so nauseating. In any case, <laughs> here we have in this movie. I mean, half of the, the B story, let's call it mm-hmm. the subplot of the story, is based on how Buzz Lightyear has forgotten about the buttons on his panel, right? He thinks that's now like his inner voice. And they try and get all kinds of jokes mm-hmm. about, you know, to infinity and beyond. All of a sudden now he thinks this is an inner voice. Well, in the first movie, that was the point of the whole first movie, mm-hmm. was that they convinced him that he's a toy, right? And so now he just completely forgets that, right? And he goes, oh, what is this thing? Yeah. Like he's never, I mean... It's the, it was a very basic thing that just drove me up the wall. It's like you've forgotten what you're about. Again, mm-hmm. this movie really didn't need to be made. I thought it was funny. Is, um, how'd you like how, spoilers, how'd you like how at the end they formed like the Toy Underground Railroad? Wasn't that hilarious? <laughs> hey, Toy, want to go to freedom? <laughs> you know, yeah. Stuff like this. It was just, I mean, what was this movie? Yeah, I... I agree that uh, Oz with you about how it's a movie that didn't need to be made. As far as like story and all that, and like the mythology, like I think what you were saying with about how you stick to the way you're kind of uh, yeah. What, what where did Bo Peep come from? Yeah, all of a sudden now he. I thought he was in love with the cowgirl. I thought that was the girl for him. No, 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 <laughs> no, 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 no. Jesse was for Buzz. Yeah, yeah. it was always uh, Bo. Oh, that's her. right. Okay. Yeah, that's it. Okay. But like to me, I've been a long time. <laughs> And I felt like Toy Story, because like, you, 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 any, any script has a mythology, and you stick to that mythology. But I think what was going on with the Buzz Lightyear thing was is that Disney is right doing these sequels not f- so much for the original fans of Toy Story 1, but for these new fans that weren't alive during Toy Story 1. So it's a kind of a standalone, I mean, it's a sequel, and I'm doing air quotes, but I feel like they're making this for kids to become involved uh, or introduce them to the Toy Story world. So it's the sequel reboot. Kind of. Thing. Kind of where they, they go back, oh, well, wait, Toy Story 4, it's a cartoon, it's fun, let's go watch it. Wait, there's one, two, and three, I didn't see those yet. Well, kind of, you weren't alive. But well, from, let's watch that. But from my, my experience, mind. but from my experience, small sample size, I mean, there are just as many adults seeing this film. And I'll tell you oh, what, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's enough reviews on the Rotten Tomatoes of the world to make me think that Thousands, millions, maybe of adults are seeing this. Oh film. no, no and doubt. It's not just I'm bringing the kids. No, I, no doubt. I think with Disney's, I think what they're doing. This is my opinion of what they're doing is, is they're saying, "Hey, we're going to make Toy Story four. People that have been with the franchise, they're going to watch it. So we're, we don't have to worry about them. They're going to watch it anyway. Let's bring in. Let's try to make it a standalone thing because they're not going to. The kids aren't going to know that Buzz Lightyear. He had to be convinced he was a toy. They're not going to understand all that. So hey, we can kind of just create a little separate thing. Um, it'll piss some adults off, but they're already sitting down. Right. They're already they there. The ticket. Yeah, right? and who's gonna who's gonna say like, you know, other than us, who's gonna say that bothered me? That Buzz Lightyear didn't remember that he was a toy, and that th- these are all buttons. Like, like no one's gonna no one's gonna talk about that. But we, what we want is these kids to fully understand this one movie, and then that way they'll watch one, two, and three, and then they'll have to rent it or they'll have to buy it or, or whatever. And that's the way I kind of felt as I was watching this. And they'll this. go, hey, they dropped this plot point. Yeah. What's up with that? <laughs> that's what they're going to do. Uh, but for them, They're to- teaching critical thinking. Yeah. Great. I'm getting yeah. my wish. All exactly. Right. But for them, Toy Story 4 is going to be the first one. And then <laughs> they're going to go back and be like, yeah, this guy's dumb. Wait a minute. You know? Uh, so, I mean, for me, like the movie itself, I agree that it didn't have to be made. Um, what I'm interested in, um, and this is going to be a spoiler, is that, in, that there's, if there's a Toy Story 5... No. Is that they follow um, Woody and and Bo Bo Peep or whatever into their own romance thing? Will they or will oh. they? Are I they have no idea. Woody out. Well, no. My thing is, is like I'm more interested in what's going to happen with those two characters than I am with the rest of the toys. Like, and they didn't set up the rest of the toys as the main people at all. Because mm-hmm. Buzz right, Lightyear, right, his right, lines yeah. were so yeah. 
ridiculously unnecessary. Like I felt like everything he did was unnecessary. Um, and so they kind of, and I don't know if they're going to do Toy Story 5, but if they did, I'd be interested to see what that underground, yeah, the see, underground toy. But see, it won't. It won't. Of it'll, be, not. it'll be one of these stupid, oh, what a coincidence. We just happened to run into you again. Oh, no, crisis. Yeah. You know, because this whole movie was full of, we got to go now. No, we got to go back for X. No, this just happened. What a coincidence. You know, it's just full of this crap. Because yeah, you know? I, I was in the, the time stuff didn't make sense to me about Ugh. how when they were walking back, uh, it's like five miles away. <laughs> and so I was calculating in my head, okay, well, the average human, it takes about 30 minutes to walk, maybe a little over a mile, maybe a little over a mile. There are toys, so it would probably take them at least like two hours, maybe two and a half hours for per mile, 10 hours. And the sun's coming up in an hour. So I don't really know uh, how that, that uh, made sense. But and the spork doesn't even have proper legs anyway. No. He's just, <laughs> and he's just constantly like, Car- carry me, carry me. <laughs> Carry me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Because for me, Toy Story 1, the first one, what made that unique and what made that movie good uh, good to me was is that it opened up a world of uh, to kids where the kids that believe their toys are alive, it opened up a world to that. You get into two, it wears off a little bit more. Three, it wears off even more. And now it's like that thing's that whole thing's gone. Um and so it just kind of becomes tedious to me. But and so I was, I was sitting there watching this. I was going, you know what? I realized this is not for people. This is not for me. Like as an adult who's watched one and two, I didn't see three. Um, this is for Disney's new crop of of, uh, of money. Like it's a money grab for them because Disney they have a formula. Uh, if you watch how they do their um, their Disney Channel, they they start them at little kids. And then they, they put them in another show and another show and another show and another show. By the time they're 18, they're ready to be in the Disney movies. Yeah. And then and then the it's, kids, it's as the they grow Jesse up. the Jesse principle. <laughs> yeah, they grow up and they recognize these. Because it, it's people try to minimize recognizing faces as an important factor. But it's actually one of the most important factors in, in, in the world of entertainment is can you recognize that person? Hmm. You may not know the person's name, but you recognize that person. And as kids watch these kids grow up in front of their eyes and then become adults and they, they sign them to di- more Disney movies, then it's like that movie, we don't have to worry about story anymore because it's star driven now as a movie itself. I just thought it was just like, eh, I mean like, you know, I thought those dolls were creepy. Um, did, did you think, did either of you guys think that they were supposed to look like Quentin Tarantino? Cause I swear to God, when they no, came on, I was on, just thinking twilight zone. Okay. There you go. Yeah. yeah that's I just, another good comparison. I just thought they were just creepy. Yeah. yeah I was surprised kind of that that ended up being rated G because of that. I screamed mm. during the, in the theater yeah. wow. during a couple of the jump scares. It was, yeah, I don't know. No the, kidding. Wow. Dolls for me are just, they're not cool. I can't handle <laughs> dolls, especially <laughs> ventriloquist dummies. Yeah. And I know, you know, and I know Toy Story, the way they did it, because back then, if I remember correctly, Toy Story was what, the second Pixar movie? It was very early in the yeah. run. Right. And so Pixar at the time, everything still looked like a cartoon, even the scenery. But in this movie, I felt like some of the forest scenes were actual forests. Did you, did you the cat? I thought that was a real cat. Yeah, so yeah, I think, that was yeah, great. That, that was to incredible. Me, yeah, I think that's where they need to rein it in a little bit, um, because especially because it, it's this franchise. If it's another franchise and you want to mix in like real trees and real cats, that's fine because that's that mythology. That's that um, series of, of movies. But in Toy Story, it never. I don't remember it being like when you saw Toy Story one that it was an actual tree. But th- in this movie, they look so real. I was like, because I remember I worked in animation year, many many years ago. And one of the things they were trying to uh, work on was is using actual backgrounds, like uh, photographs, and having cartoons over them. It never took off. Uh, but that was one of the things they were working on. And so in, in this, now that we have the technology to do that where it's smoother, um, I wasn't sure if it was that they, they animated it so well that it looked real or if they were using actual trees. And I thought, you got to rein this in because it's less fun. Because you know, kids, kids, mm. kids watch cartoons because they're cartoons. Mm. They don't watch them because the story is great or whatever. It, they just visually like cartoons, and so I thought oh, that's kind of you know weird. But I had a lot of time to think because I wasn't too into the movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's just kind of like you know, it was, it was Toy Story four. I'm like, do they really need four of these? Mm. I'm I'm still traumatized by the um, the moment where they're running around in the antique store and they're squeezing through the crawl spaces and mm. there's a ventriloquist dummy like squeezing through with its oh, loose yeah. limbs. That and was... I'm just like, 
who made this creative decision to allow ventriloquist dummies? Yeah. And it turns out it's the director, Josh Cooley, who finds them really fascinating. And he th- he says that they're probably the creepiest things. Now, I understand. I was thinking back to Toy Story 1. You have that deconstructed uh, baby head on top of the spider legs mm-hmm. that, yeah, that yeah, kid, yeah. the bully kid Sid makes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, you know what? Toy Story did have that creepy element where I remember being afraid of that when they it pops up and you know it can do whatever and take other toys apart and there yeah. is that creepy element but I think this was just a little no, this, too over the top to me what well, the way I saw that scene when that that dummy thing was coming through that little crawl space the way I saw that was this was a calling card for uh, a horror cartoon like to say, hey, yeah, yeah, guys, yeah, yeah. this could work. Yeah, yeah. Like this, this could actually Tim work. It's a, it's a proof of a concept. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sure yeah. it was pitched. Like, who, who, who's the director? Josh Cooley. Mm-hmm. He probably pitched something at one point. Let's do a horror cartoon. See, that's not gonna work. That's stupid. What are you talking <laughs> about? It's a cartoon. No one's gonna be scared. And then he's like, you know what? Okay, I'm gonna try this out. And it, and that that was actually scary because the way it was, um, com- uh, the composition of that scene, it felt like your face. Was right in that crawl space. It's a first yeah. person. Yeah. yeah, and then that dummy comes out at you, and you're just like, "Whoa!" <laughs> yeah, and I think I think Josh is I'm like, "So not about that." It. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm and so, so not about that. We're we're gonna call it right here. I think within five years, there's gonna be a, a Disney or like a, a not Disney so much, but maybe like one of their companies. It'll be one of their sub produ- companies, yeah. like Buena Vista or something. It's gonna what? produce a horror cartoon. Oh, okay. I think it may because not be. Because I was Disney. gonna make a prediction based on this movie too. I think if you get another Toy Story, it's going to be freaking live action. You watch. You watch. I want want a stop motion one. You watch. You watch. You will get that. And it'll be brutal. I can't stand any of these. Woody Woody will be Asian. Buzz Lightyear will be black. Sure, why not? Or or vice versa. The only white person in there will be Andy. (laughs) <laughs> okay. All right. You know? All right. This and he'll is be going 80 somewhere. years old. Well, yeah. can't Mr. Potato Head and Mrs. They, can't they be fat Americans? No, they because they're brown. Like, oh, they, I guess. They, but they, oh, appeal. But you can appeal, change appeal it. potato. Yeah. yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah there sure. you go. That's creepy. <laughs> It'll happen. Potato? Mark my words. When I went to go see Toy Story four, you know what I saw the trailer for? The Adams Family cartoon. So oh, now yeah. really they're bad. taking reboot franchises that have already been rebooted and turning them into cartoons. Ugh. Meanwhile, you've got franchise cartoons being turned into live action. Yes. When is somebody going to come up with something original, please? Thank you. Good luck. Well, around yeah. Oscar time, we find out about the original movies. Yeah. The, these things don't, don't get played. Actually, I wanted to go back real quick because I see we want to get off this topic. But real quick, um, you asked about John Lasseter. Uh, if we're missing him. But I'd say more than anything, what this movie was missing is a good script. This really felt like a 50-page script that they had to pad. You know, I think that's why you get the awkward transition from, like, bad to good. I think that's also why you get so many, let's go back for X. No, we can't. Yes, we must. You know, that's why you get that, like, five or six times at the end. Um, But if you check this out on the first movie, now, normally it's not a good sign when you have multiple screenwriters, but they've got people like uh, Joel Cohen and Joss Whedon on the first movie. Now, I don't know who did the fourth movie, but, you know, those guys know how to write a screenplay. Yeah, yeah. You know, they know how to write character, you know, so I don't know if the, I, I would blame it on the screenwriter. I don't know who it was for this movie, but there were a lot. Um, I remember watching the credits and seeing like story by eight names. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of those classic, you know, 27 writers, one joke. Yeah. But original writer is John Lasseter, I believe. For this movie? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So. What you, would happen there? When you saw the writing credits, was it a lot of ampersands or was it A-N-D-N? <laughs> um, I think it. I don't remember. I just remember Rashida Jones was the first one, and then like seven other names, and there was one at the bottom. I didn't remember seeing any. Because yeah, there's a names. so like What's the yeah, difference? there's there's a distinction. Ampersand is like you're writing it together. Mm-hmm. So like let's say like written by Oz and Walter. Ampersand that means we wrote it together. Right. And then it says then it goes A and D Rachel. That means after we finished she it, they hired that. Rachel to rewrite. So and then there's also what happens, and I don't know if it happened with this or not, but just so people know, um, they bring in rewriters. And they're they're uncredited, so like Aaron Sorkin did rewrites on Schindler's List, but he's not credited for it. 
so that, that happens. So I, you I was see reading about this recently. For example, there is a guy, there's more than one actually, there's two or three guys in Hollywood, okay, who specialize in writing presidential speeches for movies. Oh, wow. Right, so when you got these bids, the president has to make a speech on Independence Day or something. They call up this guy, hey, can you give us half a page? Mm-hmm. No joke. And this guy... <laughs> He probably gets paid some obscene amount oh, yeah. of money for writing two paragraphs. Good yeah. for him. Yeah, for him. well, it ought to be me. Is all, <laughs> all I'm saying. There's always room at the top. <laughs> and just so people know, the ampersand is is the squiggly thing on your keyboard oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that you know stands in for and once in a while. Yes. For, <laughs> These kids need to learn yeah. critical thinking and ampersands. <laughs> I have a fun fact about the uh, the dummies. Apparently, they use the song "Midnight, the Stars and You," it, and it, that's the same song that plays at the end of The Shining. It sounds like that was pretty intentional. Yeah. yeah so I think we <laughs> might be able to expect a animated horror film oh, coming yeah, five up. Five years, guys. You heard it here. Yes, it's 2019. So let's do the math. 2024. Maybe even four, because each of these Toy Story movies took four years to make. Yeah. And Tom Hanks. So Tom Hanks started Toy Story one in 1991. Wow. Isn't that funny about this movie, too? Because you look at the credits. See, the way to go to most movies now is because you got to get the parents to come in, right? Mm -hmm. So you have people, you have the the A-listers, you know, Jeremy Renner is doing cartoons and stuff. Like a kid cares. (laughs) I was so surprised. Like a kid cares. They they had like, this is a trailer for, what was that movie called? Do you remember? Oh. Oh, the, the one about the spy? With the animals. With Jeremy Renner, yeah. who plays a, he's it's like Snow Foxes or Snow Wolves or something. Like yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Snow yeah, dogs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's the fox that wants yeah. to be a. Sled he wants dog. to be a slave. Yeah, and yeah, basically, yeah. like they gave like screen cards for all of these like actors, and yeah. I'm like. Kids don't know who Jeremy Renner is. Yes, and they don't care. But that's to get the parents. But it's for the parents. Yeah. This is what I love about Toy Story is it's Tom Hanks. And a bunch of TV people. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's just like, th- this is the biggest. I mean, I've been seeing uh, Tim. Uh, Allen. Tim Allen. Yeah, he's doing tons of promo on this because this is like, this might be the last movie I get. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because it's like, wow. I mean, everybody else is just, you know, they're TV folks. And they that haven't done movies in years. I mean, when was the last time Christina Hendricks was in a major motion picture? I don't I mean, think she's she, from, she from Mad Men. Yeah, yeah, I just know her from Mad Men, and she had that one TV show, Firefly. She was briefly um, the recent one, but I think yeah, I don't she, know was, if it's she getting, did another show recently, getting renewed or not. Yeah, that, that Jeremy Renner film. I know that, we're, that we didn't we're not reviewing that, but to, I'm going to review the preview. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, but Renner he can't sell a movie. No, so they use him. They use him as the main character for an animated movie, and then if you look at all the other characters. They're kind of like, and I, nothing against them, but in terms of just in modern day, they are not a, a draw. None of them are draws. They're more like you've got a great cast and you have Angelica Houston. Oh, great! But yeah, this Angelica is this, Houston, this is Jeremy Renner and Angelica Houston. You're like, so who, what? Who? Who? These in, people okay. don't belong in the same box. Yeah, <laughs> like what adult is gonna go? Jeremy Renner's voice. Oh, I gotta go watch this. Right, oh, yeah. and Angelica Houston, amazing! <laughs> I can't wait. Right. Well, I love the combinations too. It's like that six uh, six degrees of Kevin Bacon. Mm-hmm. Now it's just one degree. Oh, <laughs> you yeah. have enough animated movies. It's like Eddie Murphy and you know Angelica Houston. Yeah. You know, with you know, I don't know. Yeah. Pick the, your clearly you know, James the, Spader. Yeah. It's like, clearly, they couldn't get um a, a, like a more what is it relevant cast because yeah. they're probably like wait who gets who, i think they, the, they who, wanted jason bateman but they, he's busy with something else well he did zootopia well no my thing is is that because oh. which it's is like, basically the same character yeah, a lot of these paid are attention the, but like a lot of, but it's like when they look at it, they go who's the main who's number one jeremy renner oh that's cool i, I don't like I'm not, I'm not gonna be number three to jeremy renner like i, I think that's what's um, in people's mind because jeremy renner cannot sell a movie he he at this point right now in my opinion it starring jeremy renner will not bring people in it's got to be a really good story or real. It's got to be a unique concept where you're like, okay, I'll go watch that. But to me, Jeremy Renner cannot sell a movie right right now. Maybe later, but right now he cannot sell a movie. It's just like Christian Bale cannot sell a movie on his own. Um, what do you mean I can't sell a movie? Yeah. I was Batman. Yeah. Batman sold the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I I guess I want to offer like the um, the franchise fan perspective on this. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed watching the movie, like sitting in the theater despite the large earthquake during the movie. Um, it was <laughs> nice. it was during quite an intense part of the movie. It wasn't the 
it wasn't the ventriloquist dummy chase. It was after that, though, and it was still intense. So I was like, oh, wow, look at this this uh, this theater. They've done the thing like Star Tours where they're moving the seats and the, everything. The four, the, yeah, yeah, the, the 4D, 4D experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, was like, I was getting a little uh, nauseous, a little seasick. Um, <laughs> apart from that, though, I had fun watching the movie. <laughs> to your point, Oz, about, you know, letting it sit, letting how I felt about the movie sit afterwards and not immediately going like, oh, that was fun. Yeah, that was cute. Which I... Usually, if you go see a movie with me, when I say, oh, that was fun, usually it means I didn't like it and the writing <laughs> right. was awful. Right. Um, I didn't do justify that. spending your money. <laughs> I didn't do that with this movie. I don't know. I just love the characters having grown up with Toy Story. So to see more of it was very exciting to me. Mm. I did notice that they redesigned Bo Peep quite a bit. She's basically Elsa now. <laughs> they, they, it's, uh, they have the same face. Yeah, that, yeah. That Cross not, promotion. <laughs> that is not the Bo Peep that I grew up with. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's cool that she's a badass now and she uses her <laughs> um, her hook like a uh, like a martial arts stick. Isn't isn't that a shillelagh? Actually, is it? I so rarely get to say shillelagh, so I hope it. I hope. Yes, it let's get that in here. Is the shillelagh a shepherd's hook? I think so. Yeah. Oh, good to know. <laughs> we might have to do another correction, though, if you're not right about that. <laughs> <laughs> Take that out. Take it out now. Um, out. I did think it was missing the, um, I don't like this phrase, Lassiter's touch, just because that's why he is not at Pixar anymore. Let's, it's okay. I, it was missing the, the, the Lassiter formula, though. I did feel like um, there were points in the story afterwards where I was like, yeah, there's a lot of back and forth going on. Like They're trying to go get Forky, but there's a lot of like failed attempts. And I feel like structure-wise, that doesn't really lend itself to... That makes sense for a sitcom, you know, because a lot of it is running around and getting getting more episodes out. But for a feature film, that was a little bit weak. Um, I really enjoyed... I enjoyed the Buzz's inner voice thing, but only because it's a nostalgic thing. I kind of wish that... This would be a franchise move, I guess, if they had kept Buzz kind of ignorant to the fact that he's a toy in all of these episodes. But because they educate him, you know, in Toy Story 2 and he gets, you know, wise about it, it doesn't really make sense now that he's like, oh, yeah, these buttons. Oh, secret messages for me. Um, It didn't quite make sense, but I was getting a lot of laughs out of it because of the way they were using it. Like he keeps pushing his buttons like while he's inside the RV and the mom's like, okay, let's the dad's like, put put that thing in a drawer or something. And then like instead of like pushing his button again, he's like, he's like, Bonnie, you forgot your backpack in the in the antique store. And she's like, my backpack. Um, I just I thought that was those were some fun um, mechanics to play with. But I mean, my expectations for Pixar writing are so high because of Up mm-hmm. and because of all the other Pixar Wally. movies. Wally, everything that this, this one kind of fell flat. Um, I didn't, however, I thought, I, didn't, you, I know you didn't see um, Toy Story 3. Mm-hmm. I thought that was probably the best one oh, of really? the three. Okay. three? I, th- wow. I thought it was very strong. Um, and it I certainly wasn't two. Which was a complete waste of time. That was, a, that, was, that was a classic, we're making a movie for the adults. Because, I mean, the whole thing is about the 50s. I mean, yeah, yeah. Can, it's about cowboy movies. I don't even remember cowboy movies. The people that know? I know so. that really liked to tend to be like of the older generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I've Got talked to, to some, you know, grownups, for lack of a better word, that um, really, really love to. But it's because, you know, it's that nostalgia factor. It's, yeah. it's making you feel the way that you felt back then. Mm. Not necessarily you know, those same exact things, but it's the way that you felt. But yeah, I thought, I found Toy Story 3 to be so strong that I thought, you know, in my head, there's no way that 4 is going to be able to pull that off. And I feel the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, but three, that being said... 3, they really cared. They put their they chips cared. into the center. They, they had really a likable villain. Time, and this he smelled one was like just... strawberries. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Of. I mean... The, with the alien guys, I love the the three eye guys. They were great. Oh, the and, LGMs, the yeah, little green men in in Toy Story three. Um, you, you know, but it was and they took their time and they thought about it. You know, yeah, the characters really, were well developed. They used a lot of their personality mean. flaws and yeah. turned them around by the end. Yeah, and there this, was character development quite, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one doesn't really. Yeah. A lot of this is Woody being, you know, in denial about. Bonnie not really needing him anymore. Mm-hmm. And then he goes off and goes into the wild, which I thought was a little bit weak as well. I'm like, well, I guess, you know, that was kind of a throwaway, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was also disappointed there was no animated short at the beginning of this one. That's true. That's true. Yeah. 
This is the first one in a long time where they haven't given us an animated short and kind of makes you wonder like, what's going on, Pixar? What's going on? Like, surely there's there's plenty of um, I see animated shorts from people that work at Pixar like all the time. These are their little side projects and things like that. But it's like, why don't you put one of those things up? Like give give one of your artists a chance. Yeah, usually yeah. this is when um, they release this blockbuster film in the summertime. And usually that's when you get the Oscar-nominated Pixar short. Yeah. Is before this film. It mm-hmm. should have been this film. Too. I don't know what they have coming up. But yeah, that's that's a good point. I, I, bet, totally, yeah. I totally missed that. I it's bet right. that's the last that are touch. That's what's missing. <laughs> <laughs> because it, you know what happens... Um, so I don't know if you I don't know if you guys have iPhones or not. When the when the iPhones came out in their email, you you used to swipe right for the to delete the email, and then okay. there was a designer I forget his name. He left. Then the swipe is left, <laughs> and then um, I don't know if you, if you have Mac if you have Mac computers like iMacs or whatever. When you started up the computer, there'd be this like weavy thread kind of title page. When that same person left. The next person took took over, changed it, because like that's such, I hated that, and then they changed it, and then it's the same with the swipe. And I think, and I'm assuming, I'm just guessing here, but if like if if it's Lasseter's touch, if he was the one and he left, someone up high was like, you know what, the shorts are stupid. Who who wants to watch the short? Everyone? I think it's dumb. Yeah. yeah, but then in their mind, they're like, I, the I don't like it, so we're gonna do this because I have the power to do this now, and so let's not do the short. Like, oh, it's Hollywood. They're not petty. They want to create art. No, they're the most pettiest people I've ever encountered in my life. I saw that one. It was called Sanjay's Adventure, Sanjay's Dream or something like that. It was just about a little kid praying with his dad. Mm-hmm. But he imagined the Hindu gods as like superheroes and he made up. It was brilliant. It won like it won the best animated short that year. And that That's was a so Pixar cute. short. I liked that better than anything I saw at a Pixar that year. Mm. Yeah, I wish I could remember the exact title, but it's it's well worth searching out. Um, you can see it on YouTube, I'm pretty sure. Um, what movie did it come out before? Uh, see, again, it was one of the big blockbusters. Um, I must have missed it. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. It wasn't a very good one because I remember thinking, I like this better than any Pixar thing I've seen this year, the short. So bring back the shorts. Come on, Pixar. Lasseter has to go back and I bet you they'll start up again. <laughs> I mean, they, they have little they have little nods to old Pixar all over Toy Story 4. They've got Easter eggs everywhere. Yeah. Like when um, Bo Peep uh, presses the secret code to the pinball machine, Tinny from uh, one of the original Pixar shorts is there to greet her. And I was like, whoa, that's Tinny. That's insane. Yeah. That blew my mind. I'd completely forgotten about that. And then if you look, there's actually a spoiler. There's actually, apparently there's an uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi action figure in the background. Mm. <laughs> so oh. I kind of, yeah, when I when the DVD comes out, I'm going to watch it again to see if I can catch more of these Easter eggs. But again, they have the Pixar ball. They've got the, um, the uh, pizza port uh, delivery truck. That's always in there. There's, there's Easter eggs all over the place. I mean, so you're going to watch this again. Yeah. Again, Ooh. fan of the franchise. Okay, I love these characters. That's I mean, true. yeah, there's there were some changes where I was just like, okay, that's really interesting. And they didn't really, they didn't use, you know, there was more potential with Jesse and with Buzz and mm. Bullseye and things like that and Slinky. But, you know, this is a movie about Woody and Forky. Yeah. And, and Forky, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Forky, which is, <laughs> was an interesting choice because of like, I guess you can sell a spork at Disneyland as a yeah. stuffed animal. <laughs> I no, mean, that's just what you'll get with all your food. You'll I, get yeah. Sporky. I did like that line, though, where she's um, Bonnie in the RV. Like when Forky goes missing, they give her a spoon to nap with. Mm-hmm. And they're yeah. like, oh, we should have gone with the fork. And Buzz is like, no, spoon is safer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, the, thing with, the thing with calling a character Forky, and I don't know how much research, if any, that they, they did, but there's a lot of kids that can't pronounce the words with R. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> well, the thing, the thing that, okay, now I, I know I'm taking this movie way too seriously, but wasn't it just a bit weird that this thing wanted to commit suicide? No, he just I mean, wanted to sleep in the trash can. The trash. Well, that's where he's from. But that's come on. <laughs> I mean, it's like it's, the it's kids like, know it, what happens to trash. It's right? like a pig that wants to go sleep in its own, uh, you know, Style. filth, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know. To me, it was a, and because he kept trying to jump from a great height. Did, yeah. I was like, "Damn, this guy wants to die." There, there was there was that element, but then when you when you, but then when they cut to him in the trash and he was sleeping, yeah, that was yeah, crazy. yeah, yeah, yeah you're like, oh, okay, yeah. stuff, yeah. but still, that man, outwardly, especially at the beginning, because the thing is freaking out. The thing is like really afraid and stuff. Yeah. It looks trash. Like, you know? Yeah, it's like. Ah! 
it's like freaking out. It doesn't stuff, quite right? know English yet. Yeah, it was kind of scary. And then how did the girl create life? That's I mean, what I was just that's like say, Elsa yeah. creating they a asked, snowman. They asked that right? at it's the like, end. She was the yeah. the new the knife character is like, yeah. how am I alive right now? And, and wh- like, why oh. is her able ability to speak so much better in the beginning? Than, I was wondering about that too. Is it because girls uh, are better at language, possibly? No, because it's a knife. Well, we don't know how uh, <laughs> how long. Uh, maybe maybe. The knife was created earlier in the day, so she had a little bit more time to learn. <laughs> or maybe it's a uh, maybe time. it's based on uh, like Bonnie's grade, like the fact that she's now in first grade. It <laughs> can start true. at yeah. a higher cognitive learning That's level. True. That, that is something that was that was, I don't know if it was addressed in the in the third Toy Story, but how when they, they um the who's the doll the uh, oh Gabby 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 yeah when she tells Forky that you're a you're a toy or whatever because she wrote your name. So I was like, foot, oh, man. is that like how it would... So then I started thinking, well, when do you become a toy toy? Is it because a kid wrote their name on you? And then if they don't write their name, are you just lifeless? Like, because she gave life to this utensil. And so I think it's, I when, that you're, was really, I think it's when you're loved. When you're loved. <laughs> so that means the forgotten toys in, in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, they are no longer toys because they weren't loved. Yeah, I can't see. See, that was one thing that bothered me, too, is that like half this stuff has been done before. It was done in the land of misfit toys in like 1950-whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the yeah. new generation's not going to yeah. know that. Yeah, especially that, that cartoon is super dated, by the way. Oh, you Watch know what I missed, though, about Toy Story? Because I remember the first one being very witty the dialogue mm-hmm. and this one i didn't find any of that at all and so i, I don't know if it was the writers yeah, yeah, or whatever yeah. See, i missed that the writing the just wasn't as strong yeah no. i missed like the little jokes that uh was it Rat- was it john ratzenberger was the name ratzenberger is the potato but it, yeah Cliffy I, I thought he Cheers. had yeah i thought he had a lot of witty lines in the first one yeah, yeah. in this one it was just like Guys, we only have we can only get him for thirty minutes. All right, give him like three lines. Cool. Right. <laughs> right. We got him in the studio on the sixteenth between yeah. eight thirty and ten thirty. And I just felt like everyone was rushed. It's like, hey guys, we can't pay everyone, so um, we're just going to use them for a day, and that's it. Because <laughs> uh, Tom wants so much money, and you know, so I, I don't know. I Ratzenberger just, hasn't had work since House Two. Yeah, he can he can, he can work at our wages. Yeah, I don't know. I'm glad you're going to watch it again, Rachel, because Disney needs that money. (laughs) (laughs) Let me know what Toy Story 7 is. I got to go buy my uh, Forky action figure. Excuse me. You do. You know you will. (laughs) This has been the MacGuffin Report with Rachel Wong, Oz Davis, Walter Hall. Produced by Inclusive Media. 